Hello to all the leaders who are listening to this right now. Happy New Year. This is the first leadership talk of the year. And I could think of no one better to start us off than the one, the only, the anointed, the gifted, the called, the fun, the life-giving, the one who honestly has taught us all to set the table so, so well so people feel seen, people feel loved, people feel cared for. And uh, hospitality is a spiritual gift. Literally, it's listed. I believe it's in the book of Romans. It's listed as a spiritual gift. And it's actually an anointing that we have on this house because of the woman that God has blessed me to be the husband of, to serve alongside. I just honor her. I am thankful for you, Onika. There's nobody like you on the entire planet. You love people so incredibly well. You care for people from such an authentic place. You'll lay down your life for just absolutely anyone. You do it for our family, but you do it for this church. And uh, so I was fired up to think about this first uh, leadership talk of the year. And I thought, yeah, let's have Mama O. How about that? You want me to change that? Now? Want to do that? No, don't do that. No. <laughs> Mama O is going to step up here and share with us. Pastor Onika, I love you so much. I honor you. You're a blessing. Love you. Love you. Hi, family that's in the room and hi, family that's listening. Love you so much, so honored, truly honored to be on this journey. I do not take it lightly. It does not get old to me. This is not normal. This is not like, oh, we knew this was gonna happen. When I see the people at all of our beautiful campuses and online, when I see the staff team and serve team that I'm talking to in the room and online, I'm blown away. And I just can't believe that I get to be on this journey. It makes me emotional. I can't believe that God picked yeah. all of us yeah. to tell his story. Yeah. This was no, yes, we had dreams and plans that we would get to build a life-giving church, but we had no idea what God had in store. Yeah. And I just want to honor each of you for your yes, because Earl and I couldn't tell this story without you. We couldn't lead this church without you. And also speaking of Earl, I just want to take a moment and honor you. You're my best friend. I'm so yeah. thankful that you have stayed the same. I met Earl when he was 18 years old. 18 years old, he was a freshman or sophomore in college. And I can kid you not, the right things are still the right things about him. Even then, he loved Jesus. Even then, he was humble. Even then, he had accountability. Even then, he was crying out to God on his face. And all these years later, he's still doing the exact same things. So I love you and I honor you. You're the best dad and husband ever. Um, going to jump in. And here's the thing too. I just want to say this for free. It's not in my notes. I think sometimes you see Earl and you think, oh, I could never be like him, blah, 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 blah. Um, but he's really just like us. Yeah. He just is dependent on God. Yeah. He doesn't take himself seriously at all. He makes it about Jesus and washing people's feet. He's always looking for ways to honor me and our kids and each of you. And when he falls short, he admits it. Literally, it's as simple as that. Like, it's not like he's made of something different than we all are. He's just decided to stay surrendered. Even yesterday, we were like at home with our family. He was, he's very rarely on Instagram, but he was on Instagram, like writing back to someone or whatever, which rarely happens. Olu is really Earl on Instagram, if you ever wanted to know. Um, because he just decided that it's just too distracting for him. But he was on, like reading something on ESPN or whatever, and this weird pop-up came on his phone, just like random. And he's like, it was like not even anything really bad, but it just was like weird. And so he's like, I'm just showing you this. That's what he does. 
So it doesn't mean he's insulated from the craziness of this world, but when something crazy happens, he's like, I just want to show you this. And so if we could just all live with that posture, um, it doesn't mean you have to be perfect because nobody is. It just means staying open. That was free. That was in my notes. Okay. Matthew 13, um, verse 24, the parable of the weeds. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. Verse 25. But while everyone was sleeping, say sleeping. sleeping. His enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, the weeds also appeared. Jumping down to verse 30, because the disciples were like, what are we going to do? We need to get rid of all these weeds. And he said, you know what? Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. Why do I read that? I feel like in this next season, as I was praying, as a serve team, as a staff, we have to know the difference between wheat and weeds. Because if we know the difference between wheat and weeds, it will help us to discern how to move ahead beautifully because everyone wants to be a part of a harvest. And so harvest attracts people from all around the world because people aren't drawn to seeds. Like when our church had 50, when they're not, they're not. They're drawn to harvest. They're drawn to influence. They're drawn to followers. They're drawn to sound bites. They're not necessarily drawn to seeds. When this church had 15 people, nobody was drawn to us. Nobody knew our name. Nobody was like tagging us on Instagram. Nobody was like, hey, I can't wait to serve on the hospitality team. Nobody was like, let me serve in screens because there was no harvest. It was just a seed. But if we can learn the difference between weeds and wheat, it will give us the discernment, the wisdom, and the anointing that we need for the future. And as I was studying this this morning, I want to read this thing that I got online. And it says, just kind of digging deeper on this passage, but the farmer has an enemy who came at night while the farmer's workers were sleeping. What does that look like for your life? Sleeping looks like when you're tired. Sleeping looks like when you're offended. Sleeping looks like when you're frustrated with your spouse. Sleeping looks like when you didn't make the the leader, the captain of the team that you thought you're supposed to be the captain for. Sleeping looks like when someone doesn't call you back. Sleeping looks like you see a party or an event on Instagram that you didn't get invited to. Sleeping looks like you making it about what you do for your family or for your business or for your role on team instead of making it about Jesus. They were sleeping. So the enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went away. Tares are a type of wheat that strongly, sorry, yeah, tares are a type of weed. So wheat and wheat. Tares are a type of weed that strongly resembles wheat during its sprouting phase, but lacks fruit. This became evident during harvest. Even though they look like wheat for a time, tares do not produce good grain. Instead, they produce a toxic grain that can cause illness or even death if consumed. That's why it's important for us to know the difference between wheat and weeds. And as God continues to trust us with influence, as he continues to trust us with serve team, trust us with more, we have to have a different gift of discernment. We can't be moved by people's words because words are a dime a dozen. We want to be moved by fruit. 
We don't want to elevate the wrong things in this next season because people are well-meaning, but sometimes it's a weed. So we have to have discernment and say, Lord, show me if this is a weed. Show me if this is wheat. And we have to be wise. We have to be godly because the stakes are different. When there's more eyes on you, the cost is different. So what does that look like practically? Practically, that looks like be careful what you say to people. Be careful your tone. Be careful in your response. Be careful in your timing because you could be sowing treasure into something that's a weed and that is not wheat. And the Holy Spirit will show you over time. It doesn't mean that you need to be the weed police going around judging everyone. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying use discernment and ask the Holy Spirit to shine a light on the things that need to be shined a light upon. And at the end of the day, we've always been and we will always be about Jesus, loving people, preaching the gospel, watching the lost come home. And anyone who's not about that life is not about Shoreline City. And you have to know who at the table is ready to be a farmer. And you also have to know who's trying to bring division. And so what does weeds look like? Weeds looks like someone who's always analyzing, always negative, always critical with no solution. A weed looks like someone who's not going to a pastor here or going to a director. They're just having all these side random conversations on Instagram, in DMs and in hallways. Wheat says, hey, help me understand why we do this. Is there a pastor that I could meet with or a director to help me understand why we do this? A weed says, don't we understand what's happening in the parking lot? Why does it take me 30 minutes to get out of church? Wheat says, can I join the parking lot team? Because I want to make the parking lot team better. Wheat says, I'm super busy with my business right now. It's blowing up. I can't join the parking lot team, but I want to fund a solution to bring strength to the parking lot team. A weed says, how come nobody ever called me back? My captain's supposed to be my captain. What's wrong with them? They didn't call me back in my time of need. Wheat says, I wonder what's going on with my captain. It's not like them to not call me back. I wonder how I can be praying for them. That's the difference between wheat and weed. And our job as leaders is to train people on how we talk, train people on how we live, train people on how to believe the best, train people what it means to be a son and a daughter. So many people are coming through these doors that don't know what it means to be a son and a daughter. And what that means is we honor. What that means is we honor everyone. We honor the person that picks up the trash in the building. We honor the person on the platform. We honor the person that hands us a cup of coffee. We honor the first time guests. We honor what God has blessed us with. We don't, we don't have a celebrity culture, celebrity culture here. We have an honor culture of honoring every single person. We honor the mom that's walking in with a stroller that seems lost. We honor the contract person that's coming to repair a hole in the carpet. We just honor people. And so our job, because we are smaller, than the volume of people that are coming. So we have to remind people who we are. We have to remind people that we believe the best. We have to remind people to not hold on to unforgiveness. We have to remind people to believe the best. We have to remind people that you can't just phone it in. We have to remind our serve team that when you're driving to church, you're in a battle, blast worship music, ask Holy Spirit, use me at the host store. Holy Spirit, use me in the parking lot. Holy Spirit, use me on the tech team. Holy Spirit, use me with this camera. Holy Spirit, use me during the editing. When you try to phone things in, you find yourself becoming a weed instead of being the wheat that God's called you to. So that's why we are spirit empowered 
And just because we're nice here, I think sometimes people throw shade because we're nice and they're like, where's the depth? Where's like the hermeneutics? Where We got all that for days. Have one conversation with Earl or anyone who's on platform here and they will break down the Bible till your head explodes. But at the same time, more than that, we will be with you in your hospital room. We will be at your baby shower. We will be at your wedding. We'll be crying when you get baptized. You better believe you will see Earl and I's name when we can on your meal train. So yes, we do know how to break down the Bible, but we also know how to wash your feet. So I just ask you for those people who are like, I want more. What more do you want than somebody burying you when you pass away? What more do you want than somebody interceding, staying up all night when you have a crisis in your family? What more do you want when we find out that you can't pay your bills and the church rallies together and forms a fund me to help you pay your bills? What more do you want than someone standing at the door holding a sign saying, I'm glad you're here? What more do you want when you see the parking lot in the rain, in the snow, in the sleet saying, park this way? What more do you want when you watch Crystal and the Next Gen team walking down the hallways, praying for your kids, breathing life, speaking life, asking that your kids would be the next generation. What more do you want than a worship team that is not perfect but is surrendered, crying out for God, saying, God, I want more of you. What more do you want from a production and tech team who are saying it's not about the lights, it's about the presence of God. So at the end of the day, we get to be good at knowing the difference between wheat and weeds, walking in confidence, knowing who we are as a church, knowing that you're called by God, knowing that you're set apart, knowing that there's an enemy who's trying to lie to you to make you think that you're a weed, but we speak life over you in the name of Jesus. We speak life over your marriage, over your business, over your future. You are a weed, your life will produce a harvest, and this world will not know what to do with the glory of God on the inside of you. We love you, we honor you, we're thankful for you.